Welcome to What the Foster, a podcast dedicated to giving a voice to the voiceless. With all the misconceptions about foster care out there, we think these stories will shed some light on what it really means to spend time in the system. What the Foster is produced by Umbrella, a New Jersey foster care nonprofit, and I'm Rachel Turan. As a content warning, this episode features discussion of childhood sexual abuse. Sometimes healing is just as hard as coping with the situation as it's happening because there's so much you have to unpack from when you were being traumatized <laughs> and you wonder all the time how to be both the child that you weren't and the adult that you have to be. That's Sophia. She's a former New Jersey foster care scholar and a recent graduate with a degree in animation from Maryland Institute College of Art. We first chatted via Zoom when she won the DCF Award for Outstanding Youth of the Year. Sophia has thought a lot about healing from what she experienced in childhood, and she was brave enough to share some of her story with us. Um, the more that I tell them, the more I realize, like, oh, it's pretty bad, <laughs> you know? It's pretty bad. Um, she used to be like, a really good mom to me. That it was up until I was around seven or eight. And I like to say that's where my childhood like actually ended was when I was seven or eight. She started turning to alcohol. I would dread the weekends and that would suck because all of my friends would be looking forward to the weekend. But I would dread them because I knew that was drinking day. But they would just like drink all day and all night. And my dad would drink with my mom because that was like the only way they could find a common ground at that point, I genuinely think. Sophia was in middle school at this time. She, her father, and her mother had moved from New Jersey to Florida. Her mother didn't have the best relationship with her family, and it was cheaper to live in Florida, so they hoped there would be some more opportunities there. It didn't really get any better. <laughs> Poverty hit pretty hard, and um, I think it really affected my mom a lot. So my mom would just, you know, find ways to make her life more interesting, and she would just be talking to people. And she would go on like Facebook and connect with her old friends, but a lot of the old friends were male. So she actually did cheat on my dad. Sophia and her mother moved to Alabama with the man her mother had cheated with. She would just get like so abused, like verbally, physically. Like I remember one time I was woken up because he like slapped her really hard at the edge of the bed. And then I woke up and it was just so common for me and like a natural occurrence. So I just went back to sleep. But I remember, I was like, we gotta get out of here. I would bug her every day. I'd be like, we gotta go. Like, there, you just gotta do it. You know, we just gotta go. I know you're scared, but we gotta go. Like, I was so sick of it. Sophia and her mother went to a women's shelter and then took a bus back to Florida to live with her dad again. But things between her parents still weren't very good. It really wasn't until this one night I was sleeping over at a friend's house and I knew something was wrong because my dad didn't come pick me up. I said to my friend, I was like, yeah, I don't even want to know what's happening. I don't even want to go home. And the whole ride there, it was like, what am I going to come home to? What is going to happen? <laughs> I found out that it wasn't my dad who did anything. It was my mom being an aggressor and then she gets mad. So she called the police when she was really drunk. And I already knew that's what happened because my dad would never like touch my mom. 
And it was because of that that I was like, can we just like go? Can like I'm so tired. <laughs> so we ended up getting involved with Child Protective Services back there in Florida. They sort of made a deal with us that if my mom got a restraining order against my father, they would let us fly to New Jersey, like back home. The pair moved to New Jersey to live with her mother's childhood friend. But yeah, like when I moved with my mom to her childhood friend's house, it was really awful. Like it was like horrific because that house too, it wasn't like a regular house. Like, you know, when you take like you take like the sheetrock off of a wall and it's just that wood and then it's like the filling, like the insulation. That's what that house was. It was just like the wood and the insulation because my mom's friend, her ex-husband, um, wanted to renovate the house, but he was abusive. <laughs> so he never really finished it. He was too busy being abusive, and then he ended up leaving. While at her childhood friend's house, her mother continued drinking and dating different men. Um, she dated this one man who actually got a kick out of her sleeping with other men. And I unfortunately saw it all. She didn't realize it, I don't think. Um, but there were no walls. <laughs> and I remember during that time period too, it really made me change how my mom saw me um, because I had gotten like a stomach flu and I got my period really early. Like I, I was 10 like when I got it because I was so, you know, everything in my body was like, okay, we gotta go. <laughs> um, but I got like a stomach flu and my mom sat me down because I was like throwing up because I was sick and I probably had other underlying issues because I'm going through stress constantly. And she sat me down really drunk and she was like, Soph, are you pregnant? And I was like, I'm 11! Sophia realized that her mother didn't see her as a child anymore. Her coping mechanism with all this stress was to focus on school so that she could get to college. I left my mom's house at 16 i finally got involved with like dcpnp and all that i was in like um the hospital for a month because i was on like suicide watch and all that and and then i was going to live with my aunt and i lived with her from 16 up until i was 18 and honestly it was not a good time for me really it she i would say was just as bad as my mom which sucked she was more emotionally and manipulatively abusive than my mother was. And my aunt was sober, so I feel like that hurt more. You know, when I was 18, um, I think she realized she wasn't going to have direct control over the like deposits that she was getting from DCPNP, so she kicked me out, which sucked. At this time, Sophia was a senior in high school. She would sometimes talk to her biology teacher, Ruby, about what was going on at home. I used to just vent to my biology teacher, and then one day I was just really upset, and I just spilled it all out. I was like, I'm getting kicked out. I don't know what I'm going to do. I literally have no idea what I'm going to do. There's nobody else that would take me in. My family doesn't want me. My dad's family is in Florida. I can't move again. I moved so many times in my life. And it was really intense, and then she just said, like, come live with me. Ruby and her husband didn't think twice about sharing their home. Yeah, it's just, you know, that somebody needs a place. And it's just the two of us. We have 
space at our home. And at that time, it was that Sophia was going to start college. I thought it wasn't real for a long time. After I was living here for about a year or two, I thought it wasn't real. This was the first time that Sophia felt truly cared for. You know, they do everything together, which is interesting. Uh, Ruby's sisters live close. They're like in the same neighborhood as us. Like I could literally walk to one of her sister's houses. It's down the street. It's kind of amazing. Because <laughs> um, I lived right next door to my one of my aunts when I lived with my mom, but it did not feel like we were related at all. We did not talk. We ignored each other. Like my mom was upset with her sister once and her sister refused to take me to school the next day, even though she was my ride to school. Like that was the dynamic I grew up with. That is what I knew, you know? Still to this day, I have a lot of trouble accepting the fact that people actually want me or want anything to do with me because I was just in situations where it was just me being tossed around everywhere or ignored or not paid attention to. and. Sophia talks a lot about how disorienting it was to finally be in a safe environment. Coming from that to like this extremely peaceful environment where everyone loves each other, it's so hard. Everyone is so helpful and they go to like the stores for each other, they take each other to like doctor's appointments and they eat together. I'm here and everyone's sharing stories with each other and being open and joking and loving it's just so hard to understand that this is my reality now a lot of the times it makes me upset because i never had that and then my brain is always like but now you do so maybe try but then my other part of me is like but i will never understand i don't know how to do any of this and it's, it's an everyday struggle, really. It's so much work to not only be your own parent, but then when you're an adult and you're out of the situations that you're in, you want to relive a childhood. You want to go back and have that. But now you have the social expectations of an adult, even though you've been an adult your entire life. And it just sucks. And there's so much to balance. And you have to have a trust. And then you already have trust issues. And you have to constantly communicate and be like, listen, I know that you don't hate me, but patience from you, patience from your family, patience from your friends, your relationships, your everything. And sometimes that's just so hard to find. She acknowledges how her role as a parentified child led to her wanting to protect her neglectful caregivers. And you sort of do this weird thing where you take on the role of a parent when your parents are kind of absent. You kind of have like that weird protective mindset when you're in that. I mean, not everybody does, but throughout the time that I've been open about the things that I went through, um, most of it is because I spent a lot of time being quiet about it. Not only protect me from having another situation that I'd have to deal with that was stressful, like being separated from family, but I didn't want other people to judge people in my life because they were still my caretakers you know we don't really know what we're doing until after the fact and then you start to realize when everything else is extremely hard because you don't know why you feel this unusual void and sometimes healing is just as hard as coping with the situation as it's happening 
because there's so much you have to unpack from when you were being traumatized <laughs> and you wonder all the time how to be both the child that you weren't and the adult that you have to be. I mentioned before that Sophia is an artist and she feels incredibly lucky to have found such a powerful outlet. Um, I think as far as I can remember, I've been drawing or painting. There's one um, picture of me where I'm in a high chair and I'm painting. So it's it's just been, <laughs> I was born holding a paintbrush basically. Yeah, I don't know, like some people have stories on how they got inspired one day and wanted to do art, but it's just, it's just always been an extension of me. As long as I can remember, <laughs> even the parts that I can't remember. I don't know. I, I'm pretty fortunate in the aspect that I was kind of like given the, the emotional outlet of art. I think about that a lot, actually. It's, it feels like it almost prepared me for the life that I was about to have. Sophia finds that a lot of her artwork has to do with her experiences. My trauma comes in through nightmares. It's been that way since I was around like 10 years old. I want to say enjoy, but I'm interested by them. You know, like uh, they kind of make me extremely tired when I wake up. And I honestly sometimes feel like I wake up and I've just been through a traumatic experience instead of sleeping. And I get really stressed when I sleep. And a lot of my stories actually do revolve around dreams because they're what I know best. And it's my way of expression a lot of the times. And sometimes I have to gather my thoughts when I wake up because of the dreams and sometimes that directly relates to the work that I'm working on and that does inspire what I do. Yeah I even if I don't intend to I always find um, myself talking about like family relationships like absences of family I always do the darker side of things, even if I don't mean to. <laughs> they always just come through because I'm just always so internally speaking to myself all of the time. And then it just, no matter what you do, it's always going to come out. Sophia utilized Umbrella's NJFC Scholar program during her time in school and received funds for things like books and computers. She graduated from Maryland Institute College of Art last year and is now living in Virginia with a friend. We are incredibly grateful to Sophia for sharing her story with us. To hear more stories like hers, visit futureisfamily.org. And to find out more about how to support youth like Sophia, visit umbrella.org.